This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Join now, Transpositions, a safe place for trans communities, our friends and our allies to share our experiences. We'll discuss our issues, our challenges and our successes. We'll occasionally make you cry and hopefully we'll educate and inspire you. Welcome to Transpositions on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Transpositions. This is Michelle. I am so excited to share with you tonight uh, a friend of mine on tonight, uh, Gabby. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Um, just bear with me, Gabby. It's a bit of a bit of a fun night for me. <laughs> um, now, Gabby, you are a leading senior constable in the Metro Northwest Metro. I am in yes. Victoria Police. Yeah. Yeah. Now tonight we are talking about um, uh, the LG, the GLBTI liaison uh, officers, which are known as GLOW, and uh, just to basically tell everyone a bit about um, what GLOW is, who people are involved, how the training goes, things like that. So I'm looking forward to actually having a great chat about that. Great. Um, tonight, if anyone does have any questions regarding um, the service or, or you know, any experiences that you want to share or get some feedback as well, you can SMS us at 0427 joy 949 or you can email us at onair at joy.org.au now i just want to get into some some quick bits here um hold on a second yep and here we go we're gonna get some news now now gabby i'd love to get your feedback back on this now some of the things that are happening in the news lately and stuff that's being talked about um recently um, Caitlyn Jenner, and obviously you know Caitlyn oh, Jenner. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> now, Caitlyn, she's always getting herself in a little bit of hot water, and she recently just um, apologized for her controversial comments about the transgender issues. What did she say? Well, look, recently she was saying things about her opinions on um, uh, trans women, and if you look like a man in a dress, it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, look, Caitlin, she may be the world's most famous transgender person, but she's still learning how to talk about trans issues. Mm. Uh, and uh, she just keeps putting her foot in her mouth. <laughs> um, I saw, I've been watching her show when it was on a little while ago, and they made some interesting points. A lot of the people, her guests and the other people from the trans world, that she has lived such a sheltered life and a privileged life mm-hmm. that she can't really understand the things that the, the general trans people mm. go through on a daily basis and and how much money it costs to go through any kind of transition at all um, and experiencing the um, homophobia and transphobia that they experience because she's been so sheltered and so new. 
exactly. Look, and she re- she frequently says that she's not a spokesperson for the trans community, but her high profile uh, advocacy puts her exactly in that position. Mm. And and again, this is the first time she's disappointed her supporters. So even like earlier this year on on the Ellen DeGeneres show that she was uh, talking about how she's a traditionalist and uh, she formerly had reservations about same sex marriage, where if you're sort of in this community, you kind of go, what are you doing? You're yeah. kind of working against everything we're trying to work for here. Unfortunately, because she's in the um, public eye, a mm. lot of us go through those same kind of questions at, when we're going through our either transition or outing ourselves, but we're not saying it to a million people. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's that's the problem that she's got, that she's airing her thoughts that like a lot of us do yeah. as we're growing and learning, but everyone's hearing that when usually maybe one or two people might hear it from us and go, yeah, she's just doesn't know yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem. I, I mean, I have my moments where I kind of freak out because, oh my God, I'm actually speaking to you know the wider <laughs> community. And, and when I'm getting emails from the US as well saying, oh, great show. And I'm going... I need to really be careful yeah. what I'm saying sometimes. Well, certainly in my job, I need to too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you feel my pain. Yes. Uh, so look, and then last week she she actually said um, that she's made some mistakes and she's caused a lot of hurt with her comments and that she's yeah. truly sorry. And I don't want to go and constantly cover Caitlyn Jenner every time she goes mm. to the bathroom on the show, but but it's good to see that she's actually acknowledging that she's mm, definitely. making some mistakes. Because it looked like in those early episodes mm. that she didn't have that understanding. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. what she was thinking and saying was hurting or affecting other people and the fact that now she realizes it that's a huge step exactly exactly so you know what caitlin you know just because you're actually getting it you know i'm giving you one of these you know just there yeah, you go I'll clap yeah, for yeah. You too. <laughs> good you, you're waking up yeah. finally <laughs> But the fa- honestly, the fact that she's so public, she's done a lot of good work. Yeah, yeah. And people don't realize that. And, and look, I know I sit on the fence with some things, and I just, she says things, and I go, oh, don't. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she, she is actually there doing good. Yes. Um, so, the Festival for Women Transgender Rule. Did you hear about this one? No. So, the organizers of a three-day women's-only festival in Victoria have been oh. criticized for refusing to admit transgender women uh, who've not undergone oh. gender reassignment surgery. And so it's called the Seven Sisters Festival, due to um, be held actually next March. And um, they say it provides a space for women to explore, grow, and evolve. Um, but they, they're they saying that having an attendee who is still physically male uh, would be against the women-only spirit of the event. Right. And that only, basically, um, their, resp- their response was, we only welcome trans women who are post-op. Who have undergone all the procedures to become a woman because having people on site who are physically male would break the trust of the attendees. And uh, the refus- and, and the refusal to actually admit preoperative transgender women has prompted a backlash online. I'm wondering how they will check that. Exactly. I mean, like if I showed up with you and yeah. whatever, I mean, I wouldn't see a problem with that. But No. But according to them, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and check, please. Yeah. <laughs> Feel I, free. I don't know how that w- they would do that, so that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and perhaps criminal. <laughs> <laughs> there, I need you. We'll make you come on site okay. and then keep them in line. How's that we'll sound? We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, they definitely get one of those. So, yeah, yeah, go away, people. <laughs> uh, so, this actually, for the Red Cross, we got a good one here. On the 27th of November, I don't know why this popped up in the news now, but on the 27th of November, the Red Cross broke barriers with opening of the first clinic in Asia to target services exclusively to the transgender community. I didn't know this. You know yeah. all the good stuff. I'm just, I'm, my, my, my finger's in the pulse, Gabby. <laughs> um, so it's funded by the U.S. Agency for the International Development and implemented by RTI International and Partners. It aims to become a model for quality health services and research in transgender health. 
So the, tran- the Tangerine Center, as it's called, will provide friendly, needed services to the transgender community, uh, which is done locally, while leading the region and identifying uh, and sharing models to improve health care and access to quality uh, health services among transgender people. It's actually managed and trained by transgender people, That's transgender awesome. personal, gender-sensitive sens- medical professionals, uh, providing psychosocial counseling, hormone administration, and pap smears. Wow. So that's pretty, that's pretty. Where else in the world has that? Not that I know of. Yeah. And so they're helping to reduce the, the stigma and discrimination and misuse of hormones for gender affirmation. Fantastic. So that's, that's you know, definitely it's one of those, uh, you yeah, know. We'll give it one hello, of them. One of them. There you go. <laughs> Great news. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, I try to find as much positive stuff as I can. And unfortunately, every now and then you get a, um, you get those really sad things that kind of pipe up and, and, um. It, it's just very unfortunate. Yeah. So, my name is Michelle, and I have my guest tonight, Gabby Tayak. Hello, Gabby. Hello again. <laughs> now, Gabby is a leading senior constable in the Northwest Metro in Melbourne. Now, Gabby, how did you get... Now, how long have you been involved with the police? Like, Okay. Well, I started... Uh, I joined New South Wales Police yes. um, in 19... 19- 99, mm-hmm. um, and then moved to Victoria in 2002, mm-hmm. no, 2001, and joined Victoria Police in 2002, mm-hmm. um, and pretty much continued my career after doing a bit of study at the police academy here. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in Geelong and Bacchus Marsh before moving up to Melbourne, where I became a, a full-time gay and lesbian gay and lesbian liaison officer okay so you're in my area then yeah. i'm over in melton myself so oh, well melton's yeah, part of mine so northwest metro is a really large it's a region mm-hmm. we look at, at the state in um, a number of regions so it covers from melbourne out to hobson's bay to melton sunshine um a whole whole range of areas i think it may be about 26 police stations in that area okay so melton is one of my areas um, but we have glows in police stations around the state as well so yeah. i'm full-time but there's a, a, a Almost sort of 80, I think, um, glows around the state, mm-hmm. including protective service officers, so the ones that are at the train stations. And also we're starting to include um, non-uniform unsworn members, so mm-hmm. they're not out doing the policing role. They're inside doing sort of more analytical or other types of roles. They're not actually police officers, so okay. they're, they're more internally focused um, on, I guess, the welfare of LGBTI police members. Now we briefly touched on this back on Trans Day of Remembrance. We came in as a guest, and yeah. and we who mentioned it. Now those who weren't listening or didn't tune in that day or, or haven't heard of a glow, what exactly is a glow officer? Well, we started in Victoria Police in two thousand. We were trialed in the nineties. Um, as well, but basically, our role is to be the contact point for people in the LGBTI communities to speak to police. Um, there's a, quite a interesting and not the most positive history um, of police with working with LGBTI people, and that's mm-hmm. not just in Victoria; that's around Australia and, and in all other countries. Particularly when you um, in the in the past, you've had laws that um, I guess people are charged and convicted for being homosexual. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, those laws are no longer in existence. They they finished in Victoria. They were abolished in um, 1980, oh, 1981. Oh, so, um, but, you know, Victoria Police and any police agency wouldn't have a very popular um, relationship with the community simply because we were out there arresting people for being gay. Yeah. Um, but so big, and because of that and a number of other reasons, 
the the community came to Victoria Police. There's a big, much longer story, but basically they came to Victoria Police and said, we feel like we can't come to you. Uh, we can't report crime. We don't trust you. We think you're homophobic. So you need to do something, change something or add something so that we do feel comfortable coming to you. Did, did something happen around that time? Uh, like, was there a... Um a discrimination thing or something happened in the news around that yeah, time I or, mean, or that, that le- sparked this? or Yeah, leading up to it, there was um, something that you may not have heard of, but a lot of Victorians know about called the Tasty Nightclub Raid. Okay, Tasty no. was a, a, a gay nightclub. Um, I think it was Flinders Lane. Um, and Victoria Police did a, a drug warrant on, on the premises, as we would on any kind of club mm-hmm. or pub or any kind of premises where we believe there might be drugs being sold and um, unfortunately the actions of the police who were involved in that raid were not particularly positive. Huh. Um, people were treated pretty poorly, um, very poorly in fact, and no one ended up being charged with any kind of offence in relation to that drug drug raid and um, in response to that, a number of people who were in the premises at the time um, took Victoria Police to court and basically sued us for in, oh. improper, uh, inappropriate actions. I'm not sure what, what what it was actually named or how yeah. it was referred to, and we were found guilty and had to pay out quite a significant sum of money to those people. Um, so that was a very, very bad part of our history. Bad, um, very yeah, bad, <laughs> extremely. Um, but I mean, these things happened uh, unfortunately because of the climate and, and the way things used to be. Yes, and unfortunately the police force kind of mirrors society a lot of the time because that's where we get our members from. Um, And things have changed significantly since then. That was one of the main reasons. Um, Obviously people looked at us as homophobic because of that kind of, those kind of actions. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's where the changes started. So we, we came with, they started with one glow gay and lesbian liaison officer. Mm -hmm. So people would feel confident and comfortable going to the police. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, Basically, since 2000, we've increased numbers, make sure we we get the right people doing the role, people who are really interested in working with the community and people who um, have an understanding of some of the additional barriers LGBTI people might face um, so that you basically can go to the police and if you don't feel comfortable walking into like a police station Mm -hmm. and speaking to any police officer, which I I say you can do, certainly, Mm -hmm. but there are glows who you know that you can speak to and have an understanding. That's brilliant. Yeah. Now, with the, with the gloves, are they just an on-site in situations? And we mentioned that there's a few of them in, say, Sunshine Station mm-hmm. and 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 um, other locations like that. So are they just these just folks who are um, in uniform, out of uniform, on site, or, or or are they also? Is there also a line, a service line you can call to talk to somebody? Or? Uh, we have a main number, um, and that number's been around since two thousand. It hasn't changed, and nice. we've we've had changes in who actually responds to that phone number. But there is there are people who respond. Um, we've got the the area where it sits in now is called Priority Communities Division, mm-hmm. and a number of senior sergeants man the area and will respond to that phone call. So we pretty much guarantee that if you ring that phone, if it's not answered, you will get a response within about twenty four hours. But if you call a Glow, like you go onto the Victoria Police website and look at who who's your local Glow, where do they work, what's their name, and you ring that police station. We can't guarantee that that person's going to be there mm. at the time. Um, we work shift work. We're on leave. We're on holidays. We're sick. We're working different times. Not 
we, yeah, we can't guarantee you speak to them, yeah. that, that anyone will be available, but we will always get back to you. Now, that's one thing that really starts me is becoming up the silly season, you know, people get a bit, you know, silly. Yes. And, you know, myself, you know, I'm coming off the train myself at Melton and, you know, quite dark and quite uncomfortable. And you always worry about, okay, is someone going to follow me? Is someone going to mm-hmm. do anything or whatever? If I was actually in trouble and there was, and there was somebody on site at my train station, yeah. how would I identify them? Well, we have the protective service officers, the PSOs. So they're at all train stations now, I believe, mm-hmm. or at least most of them. Um, so they, the PSOs have a similar uniform to ours. Um, they just we, we're all identifiable in the in the dark blue uniform, and then the uh, the the vest, which is usually I think uh, fluorescent yellow. Mm-hmm. You can't miss us. Mm-hmm. So if you have any issues or you're concerned about anything, look for the PSOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever have an emergency and you need the police, triple zero is the number to call. Of Don't course. just ring your police station. Mm-hmm. Ring triple zero. Um, so so basically, they're very identifiable. Uh, you're not going to have plain clothes police there that you wouldn't recognise. I mean, there could be working undercover, but there are PSOs who were meant to be yeah. visible. How did you get involved in all this? Um, I remember, actually, when I left New South Wales Police, mm-hmm. I had heard about it just before I was leaving, um, and I wanted to do the role, because I didn't even know what it was. But um, I, I was a lesbian. I'd just come out as a lesbian sort of around that time, um, and all my station knew, um, and I thought, well, that's a role that I'd like to do. Um, just because of who I am and my interest in, I guess, the things that I've seen and the things that I've experienced. Um, and then when I came down here uh, and got my head around the changes, because it's a different police force and mm-hmm. you have to learn different things, um, I remember at Geelong having a, a, a victim of a homophobic crime ring up at the police station and, and ask for the glow, and I thought, okay, I don't know who the glow is and I still don't really even know what they do. Yeah. Uh, and so I said, well, I'll follow it up. And I ended up ringing the main number in Melbourne and speaking to the sergeant who was doing the role then. Um, and fi- I found out about it. And I was able to come up to Melbourne and do like a short secondment with, I think for a month in Melbourne to learn what the role was all about and loved it, loved what it represented and then went back to Geelong uh, and said, I want to do the portfolio role, which is the additional role that you have at to additional to your normal duties. Nice. Um, and then took it with me to Bacchus Marsh when I moved there and then um, tried to get really involved in, in doing the role, going out into the community and finding out where the community was and promoting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the full-time job came up in Melbourne and I went for it um, and luckily got it and here you are today and here i am today and i will never let anyone else do it because it's mine <laughs> and i love it yeah it's absolutely great so who who would run the training like what is the training uh, is is it run by a specific group that that trains the officers to do glow or we're going through a, a bit of a, a metamorphosis i suppose in um what we're doing in Victoria Police, we, we, we often change roles, we change units, departments. Mm-hmm. So in the last couple of years, we've, we've changed that area and um, the training is, is going through a process of, okay, wh- what do we need to do? How do we do it differently? Trying to put that together so that we can provide the GLOW officers and the new ones specifically the, the correct training so they know how to respond to um, the kind of situations that arise. So there has been proper GLOW training, like a four-day course, which I did a number of years ago. But at the moment, um, we're working out 
how we can do that better. Now, but, is, is it involved? I think it's involved with like TGV and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of different agencies, Transgender Victoria, um, GLHV, so Gay and Lesbian Health Victoria, were involved in the, the training that I assisted in and, and went through a number of years ago. Um, but we certainly do training with um, our recruits mm-hmm. and our PSO recruits at the police academy so that they have a, have a get some background in diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been going for... I would say eight or nine years. So I think over 3,000 police members have gone through that training, okay. at least, probably more. What has the attitude been like of people? Are people curious on, on how to help more? Or is, is, is the the training, uh, is there a bit of focus on transgender issues at the moment, probably more? or Yeah. Well, part of the training is they, they call it community encounters, mm-hmm. which um, all recruits go through. And it's kind of like they, they describe it as speed dating. So okay. <laughs> so the recruits sit at a table, like with, a, I think, about four recruits and one community member. Uh-huh. And we get community members representing as many communities as we can find. Yep. And there's always someone from the transgender community. We have some like... We will have um, someone representing the Muslim community, refugee, um, like lesbian or gay, um, just any any community that we we think people may not have encountered in their everyday life, just so that they can sit there and talk to them. Okay. So the the ba- basis of that is that the recruits meet the person, have no idea what community they represent that might be obvious by looking at them but it might not be and they just ask questions so it teaches them how to speak to someone how to learn to ask questions and get responses that they need and then learn the history and life that that person um uh, that they've experienced because we all sort of lead pretty sheltered lives yeah we come from the community that we come from we have the religion as our background the nationality as our background sexuality sexual orientation gender identity (laughs) we're all very complex (laughs) and we're sheltered as well because we often only know those things that are close to us and our family yeah so meeting people who represent varied diverse communities is an eye-opener for everybody so they learn what's it like to be transgender what does it mean what do transgender people experience how 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 is it getting up every day and experience experiencing tr- um, transphobia or homophobia? It opens their eyes to a whole new world, and it gives them a bit of empathy to for people that in a lot in lifestyles or lives that they may have had no understanding or experience with. So I think people who go to that training and the, and the community members that sit in there and, and represent those communities walk away just going, I can't believe these things are happening with the police that we're doing this work with the police and opening their eyes so that when they go out and do their jobs and respond to jobs, they're, they're, they've got a bit of background and understanding. So they're not going, okay, you're transgender. I've got no idea what that means. I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know what to do yeah. or how to refer to you. Little simple things, just little keys um, to, help, to help people and the police know what to do and not feel uncomfortable. And just be a bit more equipped for the situation. Exactly. My name is Michelle. With my guest tonight, Gabby Tayak, who's from uh, Victoria Police, who is a leading senior constable involved with the GLOW. Um, 
uh, officers, and that's part of the um, uh, uh, GLBTI uh, liaison uh, officers mm. within Victoria Police. That's me. That's you. <laughs> Welcome back. Now, if you do have any questions for Gabby, myself, or anything involving uh, Victoria Police or any of the GLOW officers, anything, you can SMS us at 0427-JOY-949, or you can email us at onair at joy.org.au. I've got something to tell you, which is quite interesting. I attended a conference at the New South Wales Police Academy, Mm -hmm. which, as I've said, I actually started my career in New South Wales, so that's where I trained. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I went back there after so many years away, and um, it was called the GLOW 25 conference. So in New South Wales, please. I mean, yeah, New South Wales Police. The Glows have been around for 25 years. Where here we've only been around for about 15. And they were celebrating that they'd been in existence for that long. And they were talking about some of the past experiences and what it was like to be LGBTI within Victor- New South Wales Police and how that's changed. Don't tell and me how, Victor- how New South Wales is better than Victoria. I mean, I love that whole back and forth <laughs> Melbourne, Sydney things. <laughs> I will not We're say. better. Come I on. won't say who's better. I'm just saying they've been around longer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I am a Sydney girl, so don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> but I do love Melbourne a lot. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was really interesting. And they had a lot of recommendations at the end of the conference. And one of the ones that stood out to me was that there's a lot more work to do with um, from a policing perspective with a transgender and gender diverse community because we aren't doing enough. Um, I mean, I guess if, if you look at services available, so external services, mm-hmm. not Victoria Police, there's just not enough around for this community. Mm-hmm. And as a police force, we haven't, um, we need to do more work, uh, I guess, engaging with the community, the transgender and gender diverse community so that they do feel comfortable because I still hear, um, so many stories of people experiencing any kind of crime or discrimination mm. or um, stalking behavior or anything like that, and they're not turning to the police. They're not reporting. They're not even speaking to a glow and saying, hey, what can I do? What should I be doing? Yeah, look, for myself, like, I, I didn't even know that um, the service actually existed until the Trans Day of Remembrance. Yeah. And... Um, you know, and I have heard different stories within the community of people dealing with, um, um, just dealing with different, um, issues with police and being misgendered and, Mm. and and et cetera. And especially coming up, like I said, this time of year where where things just get a little bit silly and people get a little too drunk or Mm. uh, a bit too excited. And I'm sure the police are already on, on high edge walking around dealing with people. Um, I just... You know, I wanted people to realize that there are services. There are there are officers like yourself mm. who are just lovely and just, you know, really easy to talk to. And yeah, I really hate hearing people say that they n- don't know about GLOWS. Mm. And like I said, we've been around in Victoria for at least 15 years. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of us around. Um, but it's, how do we promote ourselves? And that's yeah. such a big part of our role. So we do come on Joy. Yeah. We go in to talk, um, have stories, and we used to have articles in some of the gay press um but we really need to go out into more mainstream news so that people who don't connect to the community in these forms because not everyone does um can hear about us and and learn that we exist because we're there for this community and if you don't know we're there then we're not doing our job properly exactly so we get a message um (laughs) so gabby 
uh, it's a text that's come through. It says, if a trans person was arrested and were held in custody, would they be held with people of their birth sex or affirmed gender? Very good question. This we, is constantly a question yeah. I'm asked by so many people. It's a good question. Um, and it's something that we actually, we have a transgender custody policy about transgender people gender mm-hmm. diverse people in custody and mm-hmm. how we should respond to that and where we should put each <laughs> individual person and basically the policy says that um the person is put into and held in custody um with people who they identify with so whatever gender they identify with not their birth gender mm-hmm. but their affirmed gender but is this just a holding cell and say a yes a, 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 in the it, jailhouse itself. Yeah. Well, this is where we like we have holding cells. Mm-hmm. So this is when we have someone into custody and they're in the police station and they're in their in the cells in mm-hmm. the police station. So that, that's our mm-hmm. um, that's how we respond. When you're looking at in the jails, mm-hmm. I don't know they're, because they're completely un. un- well, see, to to us. But see, I have actually got a, a, a client of mine who's actually a um, uh, a corrections officer yeah. in in there and um i was asked the same question of her after being asked so many times and from my understanding talking to her you are placed into the area of your um birthed uh, sex okay and so even the people who go and actually um pat you down and and, and do the searches and and bring you in mm. they well if you are still having your birth gen like if you haven't yeah. had op- if you haven't have if you aren't post-op that basically the person who will pat you down will be the person of your birth sex okay and those who are if you had we've already had the surgery and, yeah. and and your post-op well then the the person who is so if you like in my case if i was post-op female yeah well then a female officer would, would pat me down and actually okay yeah it's it's really weird how it's done but i think they'd still keep transgender separate yeah uh, from well, both sides i mean that's that's how we we look at it too. I mean, it, we have to look after every everybody's safety. So mm. if we um, judge the situation, and each situation is different, we look mm. at it individually. But if we think that person's at risk, then they will be put by themselves. Yeah. But if we don't, if we think that's going to be fine, they're searched certainly by the sex of the the gender officer that uh, that they identify as. Yeah. So if you identify as female, then you'll be searched by a female police officer. Good. So that's certainly how it is. And we will put you in the cells with other females if that's how you identify. But yeah. again, if we think you're at risk, your safety's at risk, then we'll se- separate you. Yeah. And you'll be put in a cell or a place by yourself. Sounds like the, the, the well, the jailhouses or, or the, um, what do you call them? Prisons. <laughs> Prison. Well, well, what, no, well, what you're, what you, oh, you, the custody in areas. Custody or, yeah. um, um, our cells, cells, whatever. Yeah, you know, th- it sounds like what's going on at the, at the you know the local jailhouse is different than what's going on at the. Um, um, so, <laughs> oh, <laughs> sounds like it's a bit different than what's going on at the actual prisons itself. Yeah, I, I really don't know because I, I don't have anything to do with them. But yeah. I remember a number of years ago, perhaps five years ago, we were asked by one of the prisons, a country prison, to come down and speak to. They had an LGBTI prison group mm-hmm. of prisoners who identified, um, and we went down to talk about glows. Yeah. So that when they were released from prison, they knew that we existed. Yeah. So that says to me that. That was a number of years ago that things might be changing. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I don't know how the prisons work and I don't know what they do there. Yeah. And it sounds like, look, in, in general, it sounds like the whole situation is a changing situation. It's mm. a language that's changing and both sides are actually learning 
how to deal with each yeah. other. And it sounds like there's a lot of work on the Victoria Police side to actually learn the language and how to actually deal with the situation. And so the situations here in the jailhouses, as well as the... Um, uh, the prisons, it's a constant changing thing that's happening here compared to, say, the States or compared to yeah. UK or whatever. Um, I, I don't see it as being a, well, like the Seven Sisters. <laughs> I don't I see don't the situation. Know that reference. <laughs> well, that's the, the band, the, the group that wouldn't allow women into. Oh. Uh, I don't see okay. the, the prison system here actually being mm. the same as that. It's just, it's a very sensitive situation. Yeah. Where I think a music festival denying people in is is, is a totally different situation yeah. uh, and that's just a plain downright discrimination yes i mean when you're in custody whether it's in the police cells or in a prison or a jail the person's safety is paramount yeah and people are responsible for that person so they have to weigh up okay yeah. how do we deal with the situation how do we protect this person and are, are they at risk because of their gender identity well we're dealing with a large community of people in prisons who are dealing with mental disorder we're dealing with with, with you know drug abuse yeah. and substance abuse or and then so you just it, it's an uncontrollable situation mm. so but certainly um Victoria Police has um, welcomed Pride in Diversity, which is an external agency that comes into um, big corporations, I suppose, mm-hmm. and teaches us how to be more diverse and how to accept diversity. So they've come in and they've done a lot of training with various police members, senior and junior, about diversity in the workplace, how that affects productivity, how it affects people's mental health, how to be more accepting and accommodating and, and diverse. So it shows that certainly we want to change. Exactly. And we are doing things to make sure that our members do change. And if they d- won't change, then hopefully we'll deal with that and figure out what we do with those people. That's great to hear. My name is Michelle with my guest tonight, Gabby Tayak. Having fun, Gabby? Loving it. It's going so quickly. <laughs> it is going so quickly. That sometimes we get on such a roll and, and I look at the clock and go, damn, the, the, the time is just flying. <laughs> it always does. Um God, I'm trying to think of so many other things to ask you about the service. Um, now, we were mentioning that the way you can identify a GLOW officer is they've got a, a pink badge on their vest. Well, usually. some of us do, um, and not all the time. So you probably just need to <laughs> look up on the Victoria Police website and see, okay, who are the GLOWs and do I have any near me? But mm-hmm. we do have a badge. Uh, it's a little triangular badge with a pink triangle, and then it's got um, the police blue and white um, ribbon, sort of the mm-hmm. checkered, checkered flag kind of thing. Um, and that comes from um, in the Nazi times in the concentration camps when the, the prisoners who they identified as gay, mm-hmm. that, w- that was how they would, were identified. They had the pink triangle. So um, that's where we took that from. Oh, okay. So not a very, very pleasant history. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I guess it, it sort of serves our purpose because we want to make sure we give a, a really good response to victims of homophobic and transphobic crimes. No, good. Now, I did hunt down the telephone number, if anybody was curious, as well, we're in between little breaks there. Yeah. And the telephone number for the gay and lesbian liaison officer listing, uh, which is not a 24-hour service, uh, the telephone number is 03-9247-6944. That's the one. Or you can email melbourne.g. Melbourne.glo at police.vic.gov.au. There you go. Now everyone can tune in and see what's going on. Um, Geez, there's all kinds of stuff you guys are getting involved in, but it's great that they're. um, that the officers are actually keen to get involved. Mm, but have, have you seen much resistance? Um, no. I mean, it's certainly changed over time. Um, things have changed in the last 
eight years that I've been doing the role. I have people coming to me wanting advice. I have people coming to me wanting to come on Joy, um, different roles within Victoria Police, and talk mm. about their role and talk about how they can help the community. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that, it certainly has oh, changed. Here's another one. What's life like for a GLOW in their <sighs> work life? It's pretty great. <laughs> well, I, I can only talk from my experience because I do it full time. Yeah. Um, I'm responding to phone calls and emails of people wanting advice. So I can hear some pretty terrible stories and mm-hmm. hopefully I can assist those people in uh, advising what they can do and referring them onto services mm-hmm. or to helping them um, report crime or even just give us some information that we can put a report in to identify hope and prevent hopefully future crimes from occurring and then going out and attending fantastic community events and going out and doing presentations for local lgbti youth groups to say hey we're glows and this is what we do Um, and carnival's coming up so midsummer carnival will be the glows will be out at so many different events that are going on all around the state of course we'll be at the beginning of um, midsummer which is carnival day we'll be working with um, the federal police in in our um, marquee Mm -hmm. we do have one together lots of glows will be there and we'll be going to events all through that three-week period and then finishing off at pride march marching with victoria police so hopefully a massive contingent so it's a it's a really interesting and wonderful role and and the other glows do their normal policing role which varies um they could be on the van they could be doing other things but they they respond to messages and calls from people in their local communities and they attend events as well do you personally have a favorite moment or something that that that's really stood out to you as your work dealing with gloves um i I guess um working pride march Mm -hmm. um going to my first pride march is amazing because you probably imagine as a police officer you see some pretty terrible things you see people at their worst and you see um, people doing things you can't imagine a person could actually do to (laughs) another person um and we don't get a lot of thanks yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, we're, we're the bad guys a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, we're the people pulling you over and giving you a ticket or attending the most horrible experience in your life. And it's not pleasant. No. Um, but going to Pride March um, and marching and hearing people cheering you and actually saying thank you mm-hmm. and appreciating what you do and that you're doing the role you are, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Um, and, and marching with Christine Nixon when she finished at Victoria Police and left and retired, um, that was amazing just because she's a pretty amazing woman. Oh, got another one coming through. <laughs> um, what are some of the greatest challenges for a GLOW? Um, I guess um, probably finding the time to do the role mm-hmm. because a lot of our GLOWs are working at busy stations where they're understaffed they're responding to job after job after job on the van, and um, they just don't have time. They don't have time to go to events because if they are, a, a, are given the time and rostered on to go to something, mm-hmm. if someone goes off sick or a, a big event or incident happens, they have to attend those things. They take priority. Yeah, of course. So it's trying to figure out, well, how can we ensure that they're able to go to events and represent GLOW and, uh, for their local communities um, when they have to respond to incidents and emergencies if somebody wanted to get involved with the glow service or anything to do with victoria police involving maybe assisting or or, or doing whatever is there any way people can get involved and and help and and and, um i I think well you have to be a member of victoria police to be a glow Mm. but 
you can ask your local GLOW to come out and engage with you and your community and your community group. So that would be a way you can connect. Nice. Or you can join Victoria Police. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm a lesbian. I'm out. I never hide who I am and I'm ha- proud doing this role. Um, and I yeah, haven't experienced any negative negativity within my role. Um, so... We want people, we want, Victoria Police wants to represent the community. So we want LGBTI people to join us and we, we want to make sure that we're a safe and welcoming place for that community. That's so, wonderful. So certainly at uh, Midsummer Carnival, come up to us and have a chat. We'll have GLOWs, we'll have uniform members, we'll have PSOs there. We'll have all the information about recruit, recruitment and what you need to do and have a chat and see if it's something that you want to do because you can do amazing roles and you, and you um, can help people that's pretty much what we're here for and that's great to hear i'd like to thank my guest tonight gabby tayak who uh, gave us a bit of an insight into the um, gay and lesbian uh, officers uh, part of the glow service at uh, um, victorian police uh, now if you have missed tonight's show you can get us on our podcast which is on joy.org.au forward slash transpositions or you can also get us on if you have an apple device you can get us on the apple podcast store which automatically streams and downloads the uh, the the latest episode to you um, you can also get us on facebook twitter um, uh, instagram we're all over the place in social media uh, if you have questions during the week you want to ask us are there things you'd love to hear on the show please give us a message let us know let, let us hear from you because this is you know your show as well uh, we will be back next week on tuesday 8 p.m at our new regular time uh, this has been michelle and see you soon you can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.